0: One on, climb ball, hit the gate center too. We can go back away from the line. It is
1: grandfather! So um so anyways, I was just wondering if you could maybe run me through uh, My MyDragonNet. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you're logged in or anything. I've just logged in with that username and password that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe just kind of take me through and show me. I've been talking with um, Michael Weber said that you might be coming up here and installing it or I don't know, or he's thinking of buying it for his school or something?
0: Well, the way it's structured in our school is it started in our high school with our uh, technology coordinator, uh, David Elliott, and a former student of his who had done a lot of programming, uh, built a lot of systems while he was a student, went off to college, came back, and they hired him to come in and write the code to basically, like the article says, started off just kind of as a file system to for storage, and it slowly began to grow into this three-part uh, tool. and. Because we're connected with the Concordia School, um, I'm not sure how they're going to work out licensing and things like that. But it's definitely an open possibility for other schools to take it on. And so I think Concordia would be, I'm just guessing, and no one's spoken to me, a pilot, and see how it works, trying it out with another school and whether uh, Justin Hardman, and he has an assistant now, there are two of them, could support it or not. And so let me go ahead and get in here as well. And when you look at the uh, interface, it was really set up for high schools, I was saying. And so one of the things we've been working with Justin on is making the interface more elementary like. Um, yeah. And we, we're we not there yet. For example, um, when we talk about how we're going to use MyDragonet. Right now, it's for the electronic portfolios, which we do at fifth grade. And we've been doing them for years and just using like front page and putting them up on a server. But then the kids go to the middle, whole different server, so it kind of died. A great strength of this is that it's waiting for them when they come in next year to sixth grade and they can build a new one or add on. And our goal is that they would continue continue each year building these portfolios, and you can build multiple ones for whatever group they're involved in. And when they're seniors, they just have this great uh, documentation of what they've been doing and then do like a senior project uh, and reflecting it, using it as a reflection tool. Yeah. So that, that's our experience. And then the other leg is the curriculum mapping tool. And so that's... I, kick into both of those and then the third is the classroom management tool um, which I I don't use at all what we're using is Moodle it's just you have experience with Moodle yes
1: yeah yeah we're using Moodle here Mm -hmm. with our teachers so
0: and how how low in the grade levels do you go with teachers using it
1: uh, actually, right now we're down to uh, our middle schooler. So mm-hmm. we have sixth, sixth grade using it, but we, I haven't been able to break into the elementary mm-hmm. um, and have elementary teachers use it. I used it uh, in fifth grade mm-hmm. when I was teaching, when I was a fifth grade teacher. So I've mm-hmm. used it uh, that low. It uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you can't, I mean, you can use it there. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, training that needs to be done with kids. And I think what, I think the hard part I have selling it to teachers is teachers are looking at it and saying, "Well, what am I going to use this for?" Mm-hmm. In an instructional, in mm-hmm. an instructional sense, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's the you know, and the the toughest thing for me that I that I have found out this year, I think, is that teachers still have that mentality that learning stops at three o'clock, mm-hmm. and that homework needs to be done on a worksheet or in a workbook, mm-hmm. and trying to get them to get to a place where okay well you can go home and do homework but maybe homework is reading something and responding Mm -hmm. to it in a in a forum or in a format where you are holding a conversation outside Mm -hmm. of the classroom Mm -hmm. and i found that to be a hard sell especially at the elementary level yeah
0: oh it's interesting you should should bring that one up and this is what i'm i'm sure will be a big conversation during the school 2.0 conference um just today one of our because we, we we've been kind of forced to use it uh, in preparation for the possibility of virtual school. And so what was a negative became very much a positive with SARS. Um, we didn't know about Moodle then, but we ramped up and we ran virtual school for a month. <clears throat> and we were just basically using front page and designing web, web uh, sites and using email. But right after that, we hired a school-wide webmaster, and she said, well, we need to get some kind of uh, tool to have us better prepared for this, and she f- she found Moodle. So since then, on a yearly basis, we have been doing what we call virtual school practice week, and from grade level three and up, teachers have to do at least one activity. It's usually the forums, uh, and children use their uh, group-wise email accounts But what's happened, those were the seeds, and we've had at grades four and then uh, at grade five, several of the teachers take it on and start using Moodle as their main web page instead of uh, uh, just the straight HTML ones more for display. So that kind of gave us our chance to get in the door and, and moved us along, and you hit it on the head just today one of our teachers is doing a series of uh, vodcast and podcast for a social studies unit on hong kong and he sent me the links for several of the forums and the discussion and reflection and uh learning that was going on at home as you know (laughs) yeah it was wonderful And, and i'm wondering for you do you have are you getting like I call them my cadre of teacher technologists? Are you finding a couple teachers here and there that w- I, I've been reading your blogs? It sounds like you found a few in the high school.
1: Yeah.
0: To follow f- uh, follow up on this.
1: Um. Yeah. I, I'm. I. You know, in the elementary, the thing that that has been huge this year has been. Well, I mean, our school started. I went along, I think, you know, all these schools in the Asian region when SARS broke yeah. out is when all of these schools really started going, geez Louise, we got to have to find something into place. Mm-hmm. And if anything came good out of SARS, I think that was it. Yeah. I think it really turned a lot of these Asian schools to look at technology and say, "God, we've got to have something here. That if we do have to close, or if kids have to leave, we've got a way. You know, we've got to still graduate kids. We've got to make sure that kids can do that." Um, our school, instead of turning to Moodle or something like that, went to Edline ah. um, and did a lot like, but a lot like you did. Mm-hmm. You know, just were, d- decided that they were going to rely on email, mm-hmm. uh, use Edline as a way to disseminate any information they can, rather than teaching all the teachers HTML to create web pages Mm -hmm. that you can go in and you can upload a little document Mm -hmm. and you can, you know, write a little stuff. Um, And so that's the way they went. And last year when I got here, um, I came from a school where I'd set up Moodle and I got here last year and I was very surprised that a school of this size in Asia didn't already have something like Moodle running. Yeah. And so, uh, I set it up last year and then just slowly introduced it to you know that group of teachers that were keen to do something mm-hmm. and uh, it spread like wildfire i mean we're we're about eight eighteen hundred users now wow. on our Moodle site, wow. which is pretty good yeah. and we've got uh, there's a there's two we've got two classes right now that are um, that include classes outside of just our school. So like we have one that's an environmental symposium. That's like five different schools around the world are using our Moodle site mm-hmm. as a way to collaborate and have these. So that's cool. So not all the 1800 of those are just our students. And uh, it's been interesting because actually the one school in Hong Kong or in uh, sorry, in Saudi Arabia out of Riyadh, mm-hmm. um, they, they were looking to do a Moodle thing. And so because they, their class has been involved with our class, They've actually asked if they could set up their own little Moodle, you know, their Moodle course. And so they've Mm. been using our Moodle course for their Riyadh, um, for Riyadh this year, which has been great. Wow. Um, You know, and it's been a great way for them to figure it out and, you know, understand it and sell it to their, you know, to their teachers and everything so that they can have it for themselves next year, which is cool. But, you know, I just, I've had a hard time in the elementary. The elementary has really been blogging. Um, Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, we've... uh, uh, which has been great. I mean, and it's been really good. And we've now actually set up a what we're calling a teacher website area for teachers to set up um, t- for teachers if they want to to set up a website. And it's running WordPress MU, yeah. so it's actually a blog background. Mm-hmm. But we're not calling it an actual blog because that scares some teachers. Mm-hmm. So we're just saying, look, if you want to, you can go here and set up a website and you can allow commenting if you want, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, got, I've given them, I think there's 68 or 70 different themes they can choose from mm-hmm. um, at this moment in time. And what we plan to do is over the summer and the start of next year is maybe come up with like five themes yeah. that we can go in. Uh, the webmaster and I will go in and we'll make, you know, headers that are for Shanghai American School and we'll do the coloring so that it all matches the school. Mm-hmm. So there'll still be some individuality for teachers but it'll still be part of the school so that's been i think we're using blogs now well we've got blogs clear down in first grade Mm -hmm. um so so the blogging in elementary has has taken off a lot more than something like moodle has
0: and and what's the um when you talk to your your teachers about engagement for maybe kids that haven't been doing writing or the kids that are uh, maybe struggling a bit that Nat is enthused about being at school—is that bringing some of those kids in?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, the blogs have been the blogs have been huge, and the first thing—I mean, the most powerful thing I think about blogging—or this is about any website—but um, the ease of which kids can write makes it huge. Mm-hmm. You know, they log in, they click on the write tab, and they can go at it. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I do with every student and with every teacher is I go and get a stupid little cluster map. Mm-hmm. And you stick a cluster map on the kids' site or on the teacher site, and you wait for a couple of days. And it's usually I've I've been watching. It's usually a dot in California, which I'm probably pretty sure is Google, mm-hmm. finds the blog, and that first dot appears somewhere out of Shanghai. And the kids and teachers just go <laughs> Google over it. They seriously do. Uh. I mean, I've got I've got one kid in my because we've got blogs for our for our class, uh, for my sixth and seventh graders. And I've got one sixth grader who started with that cluster map and he, he struggles with writing a little bit, but he's a really, you know, he's a good kid. Mm -hmm. He just, you know, doesn't like to write a lot. And he's totally, he's got, I think he's had over, he's like 1500 hits on his website and his little cluster map is filling up and he's totally into cell phones. And so his blog has turned into a review of cell phones. Oh my And so he constantly, you know, he comes into tech class. He's got his NetVibes page, his RSS reader. Mm -hmm. He goes in, he's looking at the latest cell phone stuff. You know, he'll write a post real quick and, and the rest of the kids are looking at him, you know, and they can't get anybody to visit their blog. Mm -hmm. So it creates great conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what is it that, you know, why are people coming to your blog? And, so I think, I mean, we are finding that's just one. I mean, there's been a couple of different examples where, you know, uh, support services have said, hey, we're having, a, you know, if you could give us any information about this kid. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, go look at the kid's blog. Mm-hmm. And uh, language arts teachers are coming back going, he hasn't done that much re- writing for me all year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where's, the, where's this been? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so it's been I mean, I have found it very powerful mm-hmm. uh, for, for some of those kids that don't like to write. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and we, we so. I think reading the literature and we saw it. During our virtual school, often the kids that, that aren't speaking up in class or aren't engaged when they can have more control over their environment and it's more just them in a, sit- a situation in front of the computer, they're more apt to voice, uh, add voice to the class of the community. So that d- definitely happens. But that's very interesting that he found his niche there and something that he was or is passionate about. and. Uh, Made it made it a part of his blogging experience.
1: Yeah. I think that's what's made uh, teentech.com, the elective that I run, mm-hmm. I think that's what's made it so successful, mm-hmm. is that the kids can write about anything as long as it deals with technology. Mm-hmm. Well, what sixth, seventh or, great, or eighth grader isn't interested in something to do with technology? That's true. You know, they sit around all day and they get to write about and research and, you know, play what they're interested mm-hmm. in. You know, and that stupid website's up to like 26,000 views <laughs> now or something ridiculous like that. I mean, and it's just kids sitting around, you know, you give them 40 minutes every other day where they get to go and research and they play their online flash games and then they write a review about it. Or they, you know, a lot of the girls in the class will go out and they'll watch the latest movie trailers off of YouTube hmm. and then write a review about the latest movie coming out. Wow. You know, it's just been. And so, you know, and that's my thing, you know, with Moodle. Are you looking at because you know all of this has to do with there's a certain degree of which these places have to be open for the public yeah. to see them yeah so how are you guys i mean are you dealing with anything like that of, about allowing these places to be open your moodle forms or whatever and it everything, is everything
0: everything's closed and we i guess for us we're we've in so many ways we're in the same boat we're doing so much curriculum development and curriculum reviews, even though we've been around longer than you all, I know you you all are going real fast from talking with your administrators when we were uh, recruiting, that we've done a lot in the last few years and our focus now in the upper primary grades three through five is on writing. We just have finished with reading, we've been doing science, social studies, and the technology, as we know, that it's the best to integrate it and just make it a normal part of the learning but we haven't been able to, to really put it out in front of everyone and say, here's where we want to go with this, and we've got some p- people blogging here, we've got people doing wikis over here and forums there, but let's really try to leverage this and decide what we want to do and make some decisions, like you're asking me. It'd be great if we could open up a portion of this and let the kids have a larger community to write to uh uh, but we're not ready to sit down and have that conversation
1: yeah and it's 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 tough but i think it's also part of what makes it empowering Mm -hmm. i mean i mean the kids truly understand the difference of having a a a private area where they know the world can't see it Mm -hmm. and then having their blog that they know and i mean it's part of the educational process that the world can see this yes You know, when you make that part of the educational process and they start seeing the power in it, I mean, that's where the learning happens. Yeah. And I find so many of my kids who, you know, they go into a Moodle in the high school, they go into a Moodle form and they screw around and they dink around in a form. You know how forms can get out of control sometimes. And, uh, but on their blog, they're totally professional, you know, because they know they have an audience that expects that of them. Yes. So it's been it's it's been interesting to just look at some of that and how that audience really does make a difference for these kids. They're so used, I think, they're so used to having it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when we uh, talk about like if we jump to the ISTI nets, uh, which I guess the new ones are out in beta, kind of floating around. We last year did our information literacy and communication uh, review, and we pretty much came up with very similar standards and uh, benchmarks, really all based around learning, not about specific skills. And in, in doing that, we've really shifted away from just talking about technology, but much more about students and how they learn. And so you, I couldn't agree more that if we're preparing them for a world of information, how to produce it, and then how to communicate it, we have to start giving them uh, these experiences. But as you know, the language that we're talking right now is very foreign. For a lot of teachers, and that's I guess one of my big lessons in my five years being an instructional technologist has been to one you have to get 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 where the kids and the teachers are, but you also have to have those administrators seeing the value of it and being a part of the process. Uh, And that was that's what was exciting for my wife and I looking at Shanghai American because boy, with your Tech Fest and the funds you're going to spend in the next year or two, um, and then reading what you're doing on the ground, it's you, everything seems to be going in the right direction for, for you all.
1: Yeah, well, I I have to say I am very lucky that I landed here because mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, it, so much of it deals with administration, mm-hmm. and I mean, the administration has been dynamite. I mean, they, they had a vision. They said, here's what we want to do over the next three years. You know, now let's go out and do it. And we are at a part, I mean, we're at a piece right now, I think, where I, in the last two years, I have just like almost done like a shotgun effect. Mm -hmm. You know, I've come in and I've just introduced anything and everything anybody might want to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And we've got loose ends floating around out there. And I'm slowly trying to bring things back together. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, but we have a school YouTube account and we have, you know, a Flickr account for both campuses here so that, you know, we can upload some things. We're looking at moving a lot of our documentation online. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. I mean, the administration is behind us 100 percent and that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have that administration in place and the administration understands what needs to happen then you can bring those teachers along mm-hmm. because those teachers you know when you go to a staff meeting and the principal sitting there saying look this is what we do at Shanghai American School mm-hmm. you know either you get on board or you you go to a recruiting fair mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just the way it has to be mm-hmm. I mean, it,
0: and that's that's the nature of a top-level school that when you're at that level and you and it's so competitive to try to get a job there that, uh, th- that that message can be put out there and, you, and people can look at each other and just go that's what it takes if I want to be able to work at a school like this and well let me ask you a question on just your alignment of your personnel because it sounds it's like next year you're going to have a what the, Uh, a little different program. In each of your divisions, do you have one? I'll call you an IT or an educational technologist, ET. Will there be one in each division or how's that going to be set up? I I know you have two campuses.
1: Yeah, it's um we're still in the process and that that's part of the whole plan is is that the administration understands that you you, you know we can buy all the computers in the world mm-hmm. but if there's only one Jeff for 450 teachers there's absolutely no way yeah. anything's going to get done in the classroom. And so yeah, next year the way we're setting it up is we're not quite we're not quite at one per every division. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the three year the three year goal is to actually have four on each campus. Mm-hmm. It'll be to have one in the elementary, one in the middle school, one in the high school. Your educational technologist, mm-hmm. and then one K twelve that oversees and kind of fills in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way that, you know, the way that I see it is next year, I will be a K-12 mm-hmm. for the Pudong campus, mm-hmm. and I will have an educational technology person in the middle school, mm-hmm. and then a educational technology person in the elementary. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my time will still be spent with the high school because that position will probably come a year or two later. Mm-hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, if the middle school educational technology person gets double booked, then I go down there and I can fill in a spot. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're a sixth grade and a seventh grade class want to do something at the same time, she takes the sixth grade, I take the seventh grade. Or it just allows that flexibility. At the same time, you have somebody, I think, that's running, you know, running, overseeing the campus Mm -hmm. and, you know, can look at the different you know, look at what's going on and trying to keep, you know, the paperwork stuff and keeping everything moving as a system Mm -hmm. on that campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have built in. So there'll be, uh, I'll be K-12 on one campus. And then one of the new hires uh, for next year is a K-12 on the Pushy Mm -hmm. campus. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we have found in the last two years in doing our audit is that there's been a communication loop missing between our IT systems guy and the education stuff, what happens on the ground, Mm -hmm. you know, the actual technology teachers and what's happening in the classroom. And so be, now that we have these educational technology people in place, that that will be a weekly meeting between uh, myself on the Pudong campus, the K-12 person on the, on the Pushi campus, and the IT support person, along with our deputy superintendent. Wow. So the four of us will meet once a week, and it'll be like, You know, the wireless isn't working in this building. We've had five laptops. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just keeping the systems people in the loop so that they know. Because we were finding out that, you know, people were complaining the wireless doesn't work. Well, shoot, nobody told IT. Oh, my. You know, everybody had figured out that somebody had told them. But there was no technology person there. There was no setup of how communication flows back to the IT person. And so I think that'll be, I mean, I think. That by itself is a huge step yeah. for us next year. Is that we're starting to get a communication system in place that we can systematically move these two, you know, move these two campuses together to become one school. Yeah,
0: that's well, in a young school. Systems are what everyone's trying to put in place to make everything more efficient and yeah. get you focused on what your outcomes are with your kids. When it comes to your ET person in each of these buildings, are you? Uh, doing just-in-time teaching of whatever, whether it's information literacy or tech skills, or are they set classes? Uh, Is it embedded in your regular curriculum, so like they're coming up to teach the Middle East unit and they know the kids are going to be doing some podcasting, playing different roles in a simulation, for example, and and it's just set and they call in the, the ET person to teach the lessons that week? Are you to yeah that,
1: that point? yeah yeah that's that's where we're moving to mm-hmm. we're moving to a just in time format mm-hmm. I mean uh this year, our sixth, seventh, and eighth graders have technology on my campus or on the Pudong campus, mm-hmm. sorry, uh they have technology as a core class, mm-hmm. but they don't have technology at all in sixth, seventh, and eighth over on the pushy campus mm-hmm. on the other campus, mm-hmm. so part of that alignment has been we're moving to a just in time model, mm-hmm. and then of course, with that comes. You know, comes some more teacher training to understand. Here's a person to support you, right. and if you're going to do podcasting, then you know, let's get in the lab one day, and you might have an hour lesson on you know how to plug in the how to plug in the the microphone and how to run Audacity or mm-hmm. do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I mean, that's just I think that's more teacher training of how to use these pe- how to use the you know the the ET person mm-hmm. uh, in a, in an effective way. What's your setup in Hong Kong? That's how are you guys? That's setup? what
0: we do. It's a, just in time and. One of the things, I'm, I'm trying to decide um, for the School 2.0 conference what I might come over and share on. And I think one will be just our system of how we integrate technology and it really starts with our curriculum development meetings for, our, for each of our science and social studies meetings at each grade level uh, about six weeks uh, before the unit starts. We'll have a curriculum meeting where, let's say at grade five, there are nine teachers in, their di- in three clusters. One person from each cluster will come to the meeting where a teacher will be running it. There's real ownership. Our director of curriculum will be there. I will be there. Uh, and then our gifted and talented, our gate person, who is also our media specialist, she happens to be my wife. Um, and the, the one missing area is we haven't been able to get the student services Uh, learning support team in, Um, it's really kind of like, I used to be a middle school counselor, middle school where you'd come together and you'd you'd have open time every few days uh, to talk about kids or talk about curriculum. But in this case, we'll go, all the units have been developed over the last five years, and now we're just kind of sharpening the saw. And and like you all, uh, I think you're doing the understanding by design, which is Mm -hmm. the template in the My Net we'll go back and really focus on what are our, um, in this case, information literacy and communication standards, and are we following through there, are are essential questions really kid-friendly, and this year we really focused on assessment a lot, and and that's one of the things that I've been learning a lot about, is how to use assessment um, in, in common assessment to make sure we're doing what we say we do, because one of the big things that w- runs through all of our information in tech is good design principle, good, good communication principles. And whenever we build rubrics, one of the columns will be on good design. and So we're, that's, that's been very helpful. So that's where it all gets embedded. Yeah. So now when the teacher goes into my DragonNet, sits down, gets ready for the upcoming week, goes, ah my my kids are going to be doing a, a photo story, and they're going to be creating images using paint or dazzle, and I better get David in here to work with me. But you, you hit on something, I guess, is one of our big goals. Eventually, to to, to not work ourselves so much out of the job, because there's always going to be something new in the field, but the more and more that we, and I, and I think I read about this in one of your blogs, it might have been, that we're partnering up with these teachers and team teaching these lessons, um, like right now, a lot of it is the skills for me, and then the teacher steps forward with the content. But slowly moving the skills over towards the teacher, and then I'm just there as the students begin the work to support them as their um, the teachers really start owning the technology skills that are being taught.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean. I am waiting to the day when we're at that point. You know, I mean, that's what you guys are doing. I mean, you. But I'm so. That's so cool that you guys have it completely embedded in your unit plans. Mm-hmm. Your unit plans are made that you're meeting like that. Yeah. I mean, that 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 is I mean, I think you guys are you guys are right there Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I love like I was just looking at my dragon Mm -hmm. net here and I love that there's a place where you can browse uh, for pictures Mm -hmm. and you have embedded Flickr. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you can go and browse for pictures and it it searches Flickr for you. I think that's just dynamite.
0: Yes. Well, one of the things jumping to this, which is, you know, I'm I'm reading so much of your stuff, Jeff, you really do great work. As I was reading your uh, your tips site about your getting into PHP, and I I'm I have no background with programming, but looking at that going down the road, whether you all build something out like my DragonNet, or in possibly down the road if this gets marketed and you all pick it up, if you have people on staff that know how to write code, you get in and you add modules and you. You make it do what you want, because you know you're so locked down when you buy like the Atlas Rubicon um, years ag- years ago when we had to make that decision, we had people that had been at schools with them and they just said they'll say they can do stuff for you, but they cannot really individualize it the way you want, especially as an international school it's so much written for the American market uh, yeah. it doesn't fit and so with something like this, um, we He's. I'm, I know that, that we've got Flickr for search, but we we'll, at t- in time we'll be bringing in our own gallery function. We see. It, it sounds like you all are doing what we have something not to confuse you. It's just called the Dragon Net, that um, they put together must have been ten years ago, which became our online community. Just a big website, but really not your professional slick one. It's really run by students and teachers uh, in our high school students, they truly manage and run the high school version of it. Um, and their, their gallery modules built into all of them, and we've really been using that in-house instead of going out to Flickr, even though Flickr's fine. But I think it's the whole idea of everything, is we've, we've mentioned, in one place, and you have total, total control over it. But let me jump, jump in to just to show you what one of the uh, curriculum units looks like. So, you're into your Welcome to My Dragon, and I guess for you it says New Teacher, maybe. Right, yeah. And you go to My Curriculum, and move your cursor down to Curriculum Libraries, and click there. Okay. And, you know, this is interesting. That's right, you're set up as a New Teacher for Upper Primary. Over to the left, there's a column under where it says Upper Primary.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And... There are two homeroom hyperlinks. Pick the, f- the 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 furthest to the top. Click that one. Yep, there we go. And what should come over to the right is all, and then grade three, grade three, four. Do you see that?
1: Yep, I got that. Okay.
0: Let's let's go into grade five. Let's click on that one. And then you it comes up and over to the right. Uh, you see all the editors. those are all the teachers. And that's where um, Justin, very ingenious fellow, we we have to work on the human side to build a system for this, where like I said each of these units has three teachers who help develop it in one point person. And I, we're, because the, everything's just been moved over recently in the last couple of months, we've got to really work out a system to say, who can go in and make final changes even though it's anytime you make a change the previous version is changed I mean saved sorry Um, and it does have a like a sticky note ability that you could go in and put a sticky note and say hey I'm thinking about changing this and just leave a note and then later people can come back so let's um, let's go into cultural encounters that first one just click on the title and what you'll see is the basic uh, UBD layout.
1: Oh, this is so cool, though. I mean, I like that it saves versions like yes. that, almost like a wiki. Yes, you know, it it is. saves That's that's dynamite.
0: It is, very much so. And you can go down, and the it's all database-driven for the standards and benchmarks. Um, so you can see our standards, which were adapted from the U.S. And content description, we're trying to get in with the UVD just basic concepts that we try to cover. And then you can see – and you're in editing mode right there. You can also get into just straight view mode. It's just a little cleaner look. And you go down, you get into stage two Mm. assessment.
1: Now, how do teachers build this? Like, do they just click on benchmarks and they're added into the – Very cool.
0: Yeah. And that's done as a team – um that's been one of the great things about UBD and working in the elementary school. The high school's been a little different when you're working departmentally where we've we've started everyone coming together and creating together, and it's worked just the way we wanted. But at the high school, let's say you've got three teachers teaching biology. My understanding is that each of them develop their own uh units in my dragon net and it's not clear to me how they manage that do they if they're coming back together and in, in sharing and adjusting what each of them do do they have one prime one that's i haven't been in high school in a long time yeah that's a that's more of a people management in uh, coming up with how you want to do that now a bit and as you go further down, I'm just trying to see where the, and at the bottom, there's a reflections area. Whenever a unit finishes, um, roughly a week later, the whole team, everyone in a grade level, comes together with the curriculum uh, coordinator, and then they reflect upon the unit, and they, and they put their, their pros, cons, and what worked well here. And we also are going to be adding a section for student work exemplars where students, and we've been doing this this year and we've just been putting it on our network, where students, um, each teacher brings like one piece of work where the student just totally got it, reached the end results, was able to get to the essential understanding, but then an example of a student that didn't get there, and then they have to, it, it forces them to go back and look through the instructional strategies say, what do we need to change, or what were the learning needs for this child? Uh, How can we differentiate this and do a better job? So in a way, it kind of scaffolds that kind of processing, I would say.
1: Yeah, no, I like that, and I like Mm -hmm. that ability to, you know, at the end of a unit, come back, here's our reflections of what worked, what didn't work, Mm -hmm. here's what we need to remember to add or change for next time, and then here's what great work looks like. And especially, I think, in international schools, you know, we have such a turnaround of teachers that how great would that be that, you know, you lose or, you, you know, you lose three members of a team. Yeah the next year's members come in and you actually get a, you actually get to see what a student product looks like. You know, here's Mm -hmm. what we expect. Here's what, you know, your end result is going to look like when you get done. I think that's so powerful, especially for international schools where our turnaround rate on teachers, you know, is, is way beyond the average schools in the United States. And, you know, like you said, most things are built for that. Um, But our turnaround rate on teaching and it's just, you know, it's part of international teaching. We all move and we're all head off into our own wonderful worlds and, Yes. But, yeah, that's a dynamite, dynamite piece to put in there. I love the layout, though. Yes,
0: he's, and that's something he can, he's been changing and just putting, like, little highlights and trying to make it look a little more, app, I say, Apple-esque, more of a Apple-look uh, design. But he's doing, a, he's doing a wonderful job. Well, let me ask you, where are you all with your um, UBD process and buy-in and all of
1: that? Um, this year, teachers had to create, uh, in their in their um, grade-level teams or departments, they had to create two unit plans that were done on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next year, and then we had a couple pilot teachers and a couple pilot departments, I think, starting to use Atlas Rubicon. Mm-hmm. And then next year is the big Atlas Rubicon push to get to start getting units into Atlas Rubicon. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. And, I mean, you guys have gone – you guys are beyond that now. You mm-hmm. guys started, paper, by the sounds yeah. of it – yeah, you started with Atlas Rubicon. Well, right? no, we and
0: didn't. We just started. We just started with Word and, Net, and, we, oh, okay. and we just didn't do it. We jumped, and uh, uh, David Elliott, this our high school tech coordinator, got the money, and they 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 started building this out. And it it really was because we had one teacher, uh, one of our IT guys. He's now in the lower primary. He came from Brussels, which is a real leading school in curriculum development. They had Rubicon, and then it just didn't work. And then he got his son, brilliant young guy, to write his their own curriculum mapping tool, which is used by Chinese International School here. Which oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I, I'm getting the feeling that to, to write and create, the, it's a lot of work, but for these young minds, uh, you can get someone to do it. But like with this... I really do think the school should market it. And uh, anyone that knows, I think it's written in PHP. I don't know, but I, th- yeah. I thought I heard
1: And then are, are you using FileMaker Pro for the database?
0: I don't know what they're using for the database. I really uh, don't. Okay. I don't know. And that's where I know Justin will be coming uh, next September, and he'll he'll be doing a presentation on this. So you yeah. can really ask him questions and see what he has to say. Um, what's what he's done really nicely is there's a whole resource section you can save resources, documents, web pages uh, video and you you can tag it uh, so that if someone wants a, a resource on the Civil War, they just do a search for that tag and they can find all the resources and it could be someone in high school that's teaching it and here we teach it in fifth grade um, so that that searchability is is very helpful the um, um, resources, the one thing that we're looking to do, I was going to ask you if you all do this, we have I've been watching U- United Streaming for a while and in, in looking at the videos and hearing good things about, uh, about it. I took an online class on podcasting this year and many of the teachers in the U.S. public schools, they were all uh, subscribing to it. It's just for us, our, our teachers are on such overload all the time. We're doing so much. I didn't want to spend the money but but I'm wondering if you all do it because for us we would we would download and put a lot of it on our server and just link it right through my Dragonnet. That's one of our thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that would be done. We do we've uh, yeah we started using United Streaming very heavily mm-hmm. this year. Um, I think I think now all of our libraries it's ran through our library system mm-hmm. or for you know the library people manage it. Um, so, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it'd be so great to download that. You know, if you download that to your server mm-hmm. and you link that stuff in, you've got, you know, that's, again, that's a great way to have your resource. And, again, it's all in one, all spot. one spot. You know, the one thing that we're running into now is that, uh, I mean, I'm looking at your tag cloud now, which is cool because you go to Browse and Tag, mm-hmm. and he's actually created a, a tag cloud that oh, has wow. the different size fonts and everything. I mean, it's pretty cool. So if you want to, you can go in and look and, and see. Um But yeah, that's, I mean, two of the things that, two of the things, yeah, it's cool. Two of the things that, um, that our teachers are facing with and that that I know is one that we have now we have all these different username passwords, Mm -hmm. you know, we're kind of spread out there so far that, you know, well, Um, yeah, I don't want to do that because I have to, I have to get another username password and um, I need another username password for that, where this is one thing I love about your system Mm -hmm. is that your calendars and your groups and your portfolio and your curriculum mapping and everything is built in one system, one login and you've got it all. Yeah. How, are your, how are your teachers finding this? What's your teacher feedback from this?
0: Well, we just, last week, and uh, you know, I'll roundabout answer your question, we had a, the WASP visiting team come in. Um, and I was on one of the focus groups, and the question was how students learn. And it was very interesting. Well, wait a minute. We had your, wait a minute, let me get sure I got the right, your associate head of school, uh, yeah. Sarah, yeah, was here. And um, they were chatting already about my Dragon Ed and how they were impressed by it. Uh, and then I didn't go to the public uh, presentation of their findings because we're moving what we're leaving. But they said um, a cu- there were a couple mentions of it and that it's just that definitely in our middle school and high school where it's really being used. Um, the teachers buy into it, they use it. the kids, just don't know what life would have been like before they they had it. Because, as you pointed out, the learning does take place way after school, and this makes yeah. it so easy for them. And as we pointed out in the article we wrote, with these Web 2.0 kids, uh, and as everyone keeps writing about it, we're just going to be antiquated unless we can make our culture in the schools similar to what their culture is when they leave at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So it has. They, they bought into it. Um, and it's a continuum for different teachers, and that's where I think, um, as as you know, our role. I I'm not up there in the middle school. I know our fellow up there is working very hard, but he teaches straight classes most of the time. We're trying to change that model, to do yeah. more just in time, uh, so that he can be out and working one on one with teachers or working at grade levels. The uh, for us is that the reason I brought Moodle from the beginning is I, we just enjoy the interface. Everything's one click away, where the one downside here, it's just, it's just a few more clicks. It's a little bit more complicated because it's made for high school, which has more things going on than your elementary school teacher. Mm, and Because yeah. it's all built out of the same system, it's kind of hard to h- change that interface. But I w- w- do the, believe in the seed and feed. We, we've got a couple teachers now who piloted the, uh, the e-portfolios, and now the whole fifth grade's doing it. And so out of that group next year, a couple of those are going to start trying to use MyDragonet as a classroom tool, classroom management tool, instead of Moodle, and just kind of let it happen naturally because there's not a push for it. Uh, yeah. But I think in time, uh, it it just sounds like, in the middle school and high school, it's going well and in and, and for us it's just it's not on our agenda right now besides the curriculum mapping in one grade with the electronic portfolio
1: yeah, and what about like your high school kids are are they are they giving you any feedback on the on the student end of it? I mean are they
0: Justin just went and did an audit uh, in the last two months um, and I haven't spoken to him about the results, but he and he's uh, again being the technical, knowing all the technical side, 'cause he built the thing, is able to go in and, he, and get a lot of reports out of it. So talk about data-driven decisions. Right. Yeah. He's able to see a lot of what's going on and how people are using it. An example would be we had um, some. They bought some interactive whiteboards at the middle school, and he was just checking to see. What kind of resource postings were being put in the uh, resource files? And he, it, and we use the Promethean uh, Active Board in our building. We only have one. But up there, they're using the Smart Board. So I guess you must be able to create some kind of file with some kind of extension that you can just do a search on. Do you all use those whiteboards, interactive uh. whiteboards?
1: we've got a couple and we're bringing on we're bringing some more on board next year
0: yeah, yeah we're still not sold on them and we're our science coordinator was our pilot this year um and we're going to they're going to get one in the lower primary with the promethean a lot of the software for the element very young elementary is really good if you haven't seen it. it's a lot of manipulatives for coins and clock time reading and which really look good but at our age level, we we use visual we're using the visualizers and obviously the pro, the projectors and all that come with that. But we're not quite sold on them yet, so I'd be interested to see what you say.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm having a. You know, we're we're not getting a lot of them next year because next mm-hmm. year is kind of our pilot program of getting them in the classrooms mm-hmm. and really starting to use. Because I'm not really sold on them either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I think maybe part of it, part of it is is I've had a lot of conversations with other people mm-hmm. um, who have who have full schools, and a lot of people say, "Look, you know, a, a lot of times what the teacher wants is just the projector." Mm-hmm. And I think with a board, you really have to you have to have a teacher that understands that they are no longer in charge of learning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because in order, in order for an interactive whiteboard to be interactive, you've got to allow kids to interact with it. Yes. And, and mm. you know, it's, I think, and it, it's, a, it's a cool tool. But I'm just, I, I don't know if, if education is at a place yet where it's ready for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll all keep our eyes on it. There was a report, our head of technology found a report out of Great Britain where the, the the results were not so great, but then on the page where it was put, some of the people commented, said it was the old lack of training. People weren't really given the training, and if you're really going to use the, if you're putting up, like, let's say, editing a piece of work a student wrote and circling words and adding annotation, uh, you got to know to save that and bring it back and use it and, and not just lose it, and uh, then it's just wasted, and and it's... So
1: yeah well, and that's the educational part of it mm-hmm. right i mean i mean yeah i mean it, it, it's a great tool, but we don't i don't think it's been you know how do we use it as a tool, and what does that look like, and how do you and there is there's just a ton of training and it's it's a different mindset because we're not used to being able to throw up a piece of student work, circle stuff, mm-hmm. save it, and bring it back tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, we've just never been able to do that before. Yeah. And so I think there's just training in that is how does teaching change when all of a sudden everything is digital and everything can be saved and brought back to later and viewed differently and viewed in different formats well, and whatever. And you
0: it hit is. it on the head that kids can use it because that's that was another weakness. They said teachers were just using it for direct instruction, which is yeah. uh, obviously <laughs> this is the point. You know, it can yeah. be good, but we want the kids up there and interacting with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly.
0: Um do, what other questions do you have for my Dragonit? Because i I'm, I have a few more for you.
1: Um, I don't know. I it's I love the curriculum area mm-hmm. uh, under the calendars. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have do you have different calendars? Are these just for? Does each teacher have their own calendar? Are you like do you have like school calendars here? So if a teacher wants to check out a lab or they want to ch- you know go to the library or something, are those calendars on this Dragonet too? We,
0: from my understanding, because we're not using that part of it, is that teachers have their own, and that. Kids can go in and check all these other ones. But when it comes to like a school-wide one, we we don't have that one yet, I'm pretty sure. Like we have, they uh, just bought some software. There's like a facilities management one that if you wanted to go and use any of the facilities at any time, you could go in and check that calendar. So that was a very big and powerful thing to do, but that's not part of my dragonet. That. That's where we kind of get into that gray area of here we've got all this built around an educational community and in the future it's going to be open up for parents to come in and really let them see the curriculum just certain levels of it Um, and then we get the whole bag of uh, can of worms of you can't let them get so far to be able to start comparing what teachers are teaching maybe it's the same subject that could be a real problem so that's going to have to be some thinking for that then we have, like I was saying, this the Dragon net, kind of like you're building a community with your Wiki-like um, pages, you're building a community site there as well, yeah. and you kind of where are they different, what, where do they have a single purpose? It's kind of interesting because it's all can, manipulate, not, handling information and how to, how to put it out there with, with the, as few barriers as possible.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the, th- the cool thing is, is that I think for me, that's the cool part right mm-hmm. now about this technology stuff is trying to figure out how, you know, where is that line for parents and how public do you make kids information? And, you know, we want to be able to have a, f- a a faculty calendar or facilities calendar yeah. but how does that fit into a thing like my dragonet which is more based on curriculum mapping mm-hmm. and driving the curriculum and you know how do we tie these things together but yet they still become separate spaces and mm-hmm. i think i mean that I think those are all questions that we're all still trying to figure out. And I think that's where, you know, blogging and podcasting like this and being able for, you know, you and I to sit here and Skype for an hour about mm-hmm. those kind of conversations. is so powerful because mm-hmm. we can sit here and say, Kali, I, you know, I feel like I'm stuck here in Shanghai. Yes. One of the only people in Shanghai that can do this. And you're sitting there in Hong Kong saying the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, or less, especially international schools we're you know, a lot of times we're one or two schools in the city and, uh, and that's it. We're out kind of here on our own little islands.
0: Yes. Well, I'm definitely between, well, when Mike Lambert over at uh, Concordia, he, he and I were connected at the hip when he was here, because for me, it's I'm looking for for teachers that are innovative and constructivist in the way they teach, and, and just so much about giving up the classroom to the kids. And it, as we know, that doesn't have to be about technology. One of the things that when we work in these curriculum meetings, I'll come forth with ideas, and so will my wife, the media specialist, that have nothing to do with uh, technology, but they're dealing with putting the student in a better learning situation, and a lot of it, simulations, things along those lines, or being, and people don't, are uncomfortable with the term consultant, maybe being a, a supporter. We're the ones that would say, let me go out on the web, here we're teaching the Civil War. Everyone teaches the Civil War. There've got to be other ways that we can get kids to really understand the horror of war. And let's see how someone else did it. And we would go out into all those different websites. We all save on lessons and right. kind of do. That's <laughs> part of our jobs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that when you mentioned um, at Iroquois that you, that your degree was in curriculum and instruction, and I and I came right back at you and I said, "Boy, I wish my degree." had more of that. Uh, I had had some some extra classes that I could take and I took them in in gifted curriculum and instruction. They were probably the most valuable classes that I took. Um, So I really think that's our avenue. We're seen as true educational people, not technicians. Clearly you can do both sides of the uh, fence there. That's when we can really make the difference and be seen as a seen as a partner.